Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And nobody in this country has missed the story of refugees living on the sidewalk in Toronto in front of the uh, center where the, uh, the register of folks who need public or temporary housing shelters. So there's that, that issue that, that, is, that is percolating in Canada. But the other issue is immigration. We talked about it quite a bit with Richard Carland a few weeks ago, immigration lawyer, and I received quite a bit of reaction to that. So we do know that the liberal government of Mr. Trudeau has pegged the immigration number to increase to 500,000 annually by 2025. 15 to 20 percent of immigrants to Canada leave within the first 10 years of being here. So I, I did a lot of looking around over the last few days because, as you're no doubt aware, the Dutch government, the government of the Netherlands, fell last week on the issue of immigration. The government, the ruling party, had uh, its priorities for immigration. But an anti-immigration backlash, if you want to call it that, is being experienced in Europe. And the, so the Dutch government, the Netherlands government, fell on the issue. Political parties. Excuse me. Political parties are challenging immigration policies, and they've been voted into office or hold the balance of power in countries like Italy and Finland. In Austria, the Freedom Party is also challenging immigration numbers, and they're leading in the polls. Similar situation exists in Germany, and an anti-immigrant political party is receiving increased backing in Sweden. So it's starting to spread across Europe, and... The political parties are described in media reports as far right, okay? But what do you say about the people who vote for them? These are the citizens of those countries. So there's something behind this, and that is going to become more and more clear if it isn't already. But what about this country? What about Canadians? How do we view immigration so rather than just looking at the most recent numbers and the most recent information, I thought it would be very interesting to look at what's uh, been seen in, uh, in polling in Canada in the last five years. So pre-COVID and then post-COVID. Daryl Bricker is with us, CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs, the author of this magnificent book I keep telling you about, Next, which tells you all about what's coming in Canada. And Daryl, thank you very, very much for joining us. If I can just ask you a general question out of the gate, how interested are Canadians in the issue of immigration? Where does it, where does it rank? Well, it's one of those issues that tends to be around, you know, in, in the top 10, but in the lower part of the top 10. And, and you see immigration move up when it, you start to see uh, things like, for example, 
the story you, you were mentioning before about uh, refugees being on the street and taking up homeless shelters or the issues that we had at Roxham Road um, in, 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 uh, in uh, Quebec. When those things start to, to percolate, then you start to see interest in immigration move up. Uh, but at the moment, uh, the, the sun is blotted out by the, uh, the question of, uh, of cost of living and, and the affordability of uh, just being a middle-class person in this country these days. Mm-hmm. So you do polling in Europe. Mm-hmm. What do you make of what's going on in those specific European countries? And I uh, mentioned Italy, Finland, Austria, Germany, Sweden. And Sweden really was the model for accepting newcomers for decades. What's going on there? Well, uh, they have a different view of immigration to a large extent in Europe. Uh, you know, in Canada, we think of immigration as a uh, is a, a policy that the government puts in place in order to rec- almost recruit people to come to the country. Yes, there's a certain you know response to refugees, refugee issues, but uh, it's it's a it's a pretty regulated process in which, uh, for the most part, people coming into the country are people we've asked to come to the country. In Europe, it's it's quite a different situation. Most of the uh, the the uh, immigration activity that's taking place of late is people coming into the their, uh, various countries either as refugees or through irregular processes. So there's a sense that there's this uh, there's this uh, large number of people who are moving into European countries in ways that the Europeans may not necessarily the general population may not necessarily have wanted them, but also that the that the effect of these refugees moving into uh, and, and immigrants more widely moving into European countries is changing the character of the culture and the composition of the country. And there's been, there's been a reaction to that. And quite a reaction. Yeah, really strong. And, and it really is, you know, people, uh, I, th- I think that, the, you know, the argument that we'd like to have about the rise of the right in places like Europe, or even in the United States, is that it's, it's really driven by things like, for example, international trade or, or uh, you know, issues that relate to economics, because those are ones that are a little bit less controversial in many ways. But the real uh, uh, fuel that's driving people's uh, more populist reactions uh, in in the political systems around the world these days is reaction to immigration. So, um, Darrell, looking at this uh, poll in 2019, and I'd like to compare 2000, let's say 2019 to today as much as we can. The headline is Canadians are becoming more nervous about immigration in Canada with a growing sense that it has placed too much pressure on public services and that it is causing Canada to change in ways they don't like, according to a new Ipsos poll conducted on behalf of Global News. Okay, so that's 2019. That's before we'd ever heard the word COVID. So how would that, do you think, compare to what the attitude might be now? Well, I think, you know, we, we, uh, we've done a little bit of polling since then, and, and actually the negativity is moving up. But, but, but the reason the negativity is moving up is because uh, Canadians, first of all, haven't had an explanation as to why there's been a big increase in immigration. The government's really not come out and said very clearly and brought people on side with their motivations for, you know, why uh, we, we've been increasing immigration so much. And there's some, there's some good arguments you can make about why we should be doing it. But then the second thing is that what's happening now with the issue is it's starting to morph a little bit uh, in away from, you know, discomfort with change or, um, you know, your, maybe your personal values. And it's mo- more mo- uh, moving into a, a situation in which people are starting to link increasing immigration with costs, uh, particularly the increasing cost of housing. And so even a person who may not necessarily 
you know, have difficulty with immigration under most circumstances, all of a sudden is wondering if they're now starting to compete uh, for uh, uh, affordable housing mm-hmm. in places like the city of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And this is this is where the issue is, is very interesting in Canada, because uh, previously it was basically a hearts and minds issue, and now it's moving into potentially protect, uh, uh, economic competition uh, uh, conversation. And that's a very different place from where we normally have conversations about uh, about immigration. Yeah, you know, it's, it's something that I've seen over and over, actually, in emails and communication from listeners. 500,000 immigrants per year starting in 2025, skilled or unskilled, just the number 500,000, people start to be concerned about, as you said, housing availability. They also are concerned about a terribly stressed healthcare system and its ability to cope and social programs that are under a tremendous amount of stress. So these are all questions that are out there. And am I going too far with this if I say... The federal government had better communicate with Canadians on this issue, and very clearly communicate. If you don't want to see a, re- if you don't want to see Canada, in some ways, I shouldn't even say this; it's going to get people upset. But it's a relevant question. If you don't want to see Canada, in some ways, mimic some of the countries in Europe. Yeah, well, there are parts of the country that are. I mean, the province of Quebec already is. Um, but yeah, I, well, they didn't like me, and I went there from Ontario. <laughs> That's another whole question. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's incumbent upon the government to really clearly communicate to Canadians what it is that's motivating the, the need for increasing immigration in the country. Uh, and as I said before, there are some good reasons for this, but the, the government can't take it for granted. And it's not the usual pap that you get out of Ottawa about, oh, you know, we're such wonderful, welcoming people. Yes, we kind of take that for granted, but there's a there's a, there's a, a really uh, important uh, series of economic and demographic necessities that require us to have increased immigration in Canada. It's an advantage for us, and the government should be clearly stating that to Canadians. The other thing, though, is that it's not just simply a matter of changing the numbers. You can't change the numbers without changing a whole bunch of other things. Like, for example, uh, the idea that you've you've got not you don't really have the infrastructure in a place like Toronto, where most immigrants move to, or our major cities where most immigrants move to. You don't have the infrastructure there or the funding in place to be able to support this increase in, in the population due to immigration. I mean, that's um, you know, Olivia Chow's been complaining about that. She's absolutely right. I mean, all the federal government did was basically just moved up the numbers and really didn't respond with any sort of uh, uh, significant financial support to the places where immigrants are moving. And by the way, for everybody on the line here who thinks that Canada is a huge country and we've got lots of space for lots of people, <clears throat> pardon me, over 90% of immigrants move to our major cities. It's not like they're moving out in the countryside. Yeah, so uh, Vancouver, west to east, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal. Right, Toronto mostly. But also Calgary, Western Canada. Yeah, I'm sorry. Different. I should I shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, I, I should have known that, and I did actually. Yeah. A disproportionate number in Western Canada. Actually, Quebec takes in fewer immigrants per capita uh, than any other province of significant size in the country. They they actually underperform on immigration. Hmm. Fifteen to twenty percent of immigrants leave this country within the first ten years of being here. Well, and you should probably add in also the number that moved from where they actually went to. So, for example, if you look at Quebec and Atlantic Canada, they tend to lose large numbers of immigrants who tend to move to places like Toronto and to Western Canada. So, they, yeah, they, they just don't arrive and stay in place. They move around. What's your sense of what's going to happen in Europe? 
in Europe. Uh, it, Europe is in a demographic, uh, a very difficult demographic situation. Um, they've stopped having kids. The European population overall started declining, uh, you know, around the, the turn of uh, the turn of the last century, uh, and the, that decline continues to accelerate. Um, what that has created is a situation in which there's been a rapid aging in population. You mentioned Italy before. Mm-hmm. The median age in Italy today is 48. Ooh. I mean, it's a really old population. So one of the only ways that you can actually deal with that to get younger people into the population is to bring in immigrants. But it's the cultural change that's caused by that that people are pushing back against. So Italians saying, you know, who are all these people? They're not Italians. We want to, you know, maintain ourselves as Italian. Immigration isn't acceptable to large segments of the Italian population. But you can take that to Spain. You can take that to France. Uh, Great Britain's actually uh, softened up a bit in terms of public opinion over the last little while. It's not as strongly uh, anti-immigrant. But, you know, all the countries that you went to before, um, we've seen the rise of the political right as a response to, uh, to immigration. Okay. Daryl, I always appreciate you coming on the program. It's always very, very informative to, to speak with you. And uh, it's, it's great to have this information. And I always say this. I'm going to say it again. Thank you for the book. Thank you for next. My pleasure, Roy. Thank you. Thanks for all the kind words. I really appreciate it. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 